Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We're so glad you're joining us today right here on WMAF, right there in Madison and North Florida, South Georgia, wherever this broadcast is reaching you today. I'm so honored that you will invite us into your home, into your automobile, into your place of business, that we can spend some time in the Word of God, that we can read from the Holy Scriptures, you know, the scriptures say of themselves uh, that the things that were written aforetime were written for our learning, that through the patience and comfort of the scripture, we might have hope. And that's what we want to convey today from the word of God. It's what God wants to say today from his own word and by his Holy Spirit to you and me distinctly and directly today. Amen. That we might have hope that we would never find ourselves uh, in a situation uh, that we are hopeless and helpless because we know Christ as our Savior. And by the way, if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you're not hopeless. You may be helpless, but you are certainly not hopeless. There are no hopeless cases with God. Hallelujah. You know, there's an Old Testament scripture that said He will give you beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And if you're in that state of hopeless depression today, I want you to know that God loves you. He loved you enough to give His Son for you on the cross. Jesus loved you enough to stay on that cross so that your sin debt and mine could be paid in full so that we could be reconciled unto God. That's the hope that comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Well, we're glad that you have joined us today. Once again, I want to say how happy we are to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF. And we are so very happy, if you're a return listener, that you are part of the listening family. And if you are a brand new listener today, whether you're listening right now in Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, or whether you have come to our website and downloaded this edition of Let's Talk About Jesus anywhere in the United States that you've come from, anywhere in the world because of the World Wide Web. We welcome you today. We count you as part of our spiritual family, listening family, praise God, and our actual physical listening family. And we just welcome you today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, would you please turn with me to the book of John, the Gospel of St. John in the New Testament, chapter 10. And we're going to be reading about the Good Shepherd who knows my name and the blessed here of belonging to God, the blessedness of belonging to God. The Good Shepherd knows my name. What is the spiritual significance and how can it apply to you today? Now, if you're not a Christian, don't exempt yourself. Don't turn the dial. You, you need to hear what God offers all those, including you, that come to Him by faith in His Son, Jesus Christ for salvation, repenting of our sin and receiving God's pardon and forgiveness and being brought into God's holy family. And, and as this 
part of the gospel is telling us that we serve a great shepherd king and he sees us as his sheep and he he cares for us intimately and personally and that's the significance of the good shepherd knowing your name and mine today. John's Gospel, chapter 10. Listen to what it says. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, is the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. He calleth his own sheep by name and leadeth them out. Now the counterpart to this scripture is in the Old Testament in Psalm 23. And we began comparing this verse of scripture to the wonderful, wonderful shepherd psalm, Psalm 23. And today we're going to talk about this part. Because he knows my name, I can count on him for restoration. For Psalm 23, 3 says, He restoreth my soul. You see, that's what it means when it says he will give you beauty for ashes. God not only forgives us when we repent of our sin and receive Christ as our Savior, He begins a work of restoration. You know, in that same uh, chapter that we were reading from in the book of John, down in that same chapter, it simply says, Amen, that, uh, that the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. In verse 10, But I have come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life, and they may have it more abundantly. So Psalm 23 is talking about the restoration of our soul. God begins that great work of giving us beauty for ashes, and then the oil of joy for mourning. And here it is. This is where the depression has to go when the joy comes in. Praise God. The joy of sins forgiven. The joy of being able to enter into and enjoy fellowship with God in the presence of the Lord. There's fullness, the scripture said, of joy. And at His right hand, there is pleasure forevermore. Do you see the process of restoration. He restores my soul. And therefore then he's able to lead me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Our shepherd king, make no mistake about it today, dear friend, is a God of restoration. Whether you're cast down because you've disobeyed and all of the trouble that has brought your life or you're discouraged, he will restore your soul. He will not abandon you. There are no hopeless cases with God. And when you become one of His sheep, and you can do that today, before this broadcast is over, you can join the flock of God. You can become part of the family of God. This is the, the wonder of grace. This is the joy that is offered and the peace 
through the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. When you become his sheep, even if you are cast down, he will not fail to lift you up and restore your soul today. Philip Keller, speaking about Psalm 23 and verse 3, said this. Now, there is an exact parallel to this in caring for sheep. Only those intimately acquainted with sheep and their habits understand the significance of a cast sheep or a cast down sheep. This is an old English shepherd's term for a sheep that is turned over on its back and cannot get up again by itself. A cast sheep is a very pathetic sight. Lying on its back, its feet in the air, it flays away frantically struggling to stand up without success. Sometimes it will bleed a little for help, but generally it lies there lashing about in frightened frustration. If the owner does not arrive on the scene with a reasonably, within a reasonably short time, the sheep will die. But this is a, another reason why it's so essential for a careful shepherd to look over his flock every day counting them to see that all are able to be up and on their feet. If one or two are missing, often the first thought to flash into his mind is one of my sheep is cast or cast down somewhere. I must go in search and set it on its feet again. The knowledge that any cast sheep is helpless, close, and vulnerable to attack makes the whole problem of cast sheep serious for the manager. Nothing seems to so arouse his constant care and diligent attention to the flock as the fact that even the largest and strongest, sometimes healthiest sheep can become cast down. And if he doesn't go and search for them, they will become a casualty. You know what the Bible said about the good shepherd? The Bible said that if one sheep is missing. He will leave the ninety and nine. It doesn't mean to forsake. It means to leave them safe within the confines of that, that kind of corral that he has brought them into where they're safe from any kind of predator. And he will leave them in that safety and that security because they're okay. And he will search for the one that is cast down, the one that did not show up, the one that didn't make it back to that place of safety. And the Bible said he will not give up on that one. He will search until he finds it. Praise God. It may be you today. And, and listen, I want to tell you something as a preacher of the gospel as an evangelist all these many, many years. Preachers can be cast down because being a preacher of the gospel, having an appointing to that office and an anointing for that office doesn't mean that you can't become discouraged, that you can't become depressed, that you can't get into a spiritual uh, crisis situation in your life. And I want you to know that He will not give up on you. If you you have faltered, if you have fallen, He's coming for you. 
Make no mistake about it. He will not leave you nor abandon you. He will keep his promise to you. I will never leave you. It's in the emphatic in the Greek. I love that when Jesus speaks emphatically to us. Something he wants us to get a hold of and something he wants to get a hold of us. Praise God. I will never, no, never leave you nor forsake you, but I will go with you all the way, even to the end of the age. That is a personal, precise promise to you and to me. When we come to Christ as our Savior and we have a problem in our life, He does not say things like, if you can't take the heat, stay out of the kitchen. If you can't run with the big dog, stay on the porch. Friend of mine, I want you to know something. I don't have to compete with big dogs or big sheep either. I'll have a shepherd king that loves me that supports me, that sustains me by His grace and His mercy. And there's no hopeless cases. No one has got into a circumstance of life that God can't deliver you from. And if repentance is needed, by all means, run to God. Don't run from Him. And don't ever let the enemy of your soul tell you that you're not worth the good shepherd coming for because he will come for you. I heard the true story of a United States Marine that that uh, a, a mortar shell landed near him during the Vietnam conflict and shrapnel just shredded his legs, just shredded him uh, from the waist down. He was bleeding profusely. And he, and there was, now there was all kind of bullets uh, whizzing by him. And as he lay there, uh, separated uh, from his, his comrades, uh, one of his friends came for him. Uh, in spite of all of the withering uh, fire of, of hot lead streaming from AK-47s uh, whizzing by, this man came and drug him back and put a tourniquet on the worst part of the leg that was was just torn up with shrapnel. And they, uh, they he lost a leg, but his life was sustained. And what he said when his comrade came for him as he lay out there in all of that withering fire was, I knew, I knew. The first words out of his mouth was, I knew that you would come for me. Praise God. Friend of mine, how much more can we trust a God who has befriended us through His Son's sacrifice, Jesus Christ, and a Savior who said, I have not called you servants, but I have called you friends. Friend, when you are in any trouble, He will come for you. Make no mistake about it. You don't have to have great faith and stand in the strength of your own faith, but in the strength of His commitment, His love, and His faithfulness to you. He will come for you. Praise God. If you're a cast sheep and you can't get up on your own and you feel like your faith, uh, your, your, if you had the faith, you ought to be able to stand up. Well, friend of mine, when you're cast down, it's not a matter of your faith to get up. It's a matter in your faith in God's faithfulness to come for you and lift you up. Praise God. A cast sheep can't get up. He's not expected to get up. The shepherd never says, well, if he can't get up, 
then I'm done with him. If he's not going to get up, then I am through with him. No, he leaves the ninety and nine that are safe and secure, and he goes after the one that is in jeopardy. You may be the one today, and the enemy of your soul may be telling you that if if your faith has failed, you have failed God. He he doesn't want anything else to do with you. Your own, your own. Nothing could be farther from the truth. I don't want to run with the big dogs or the big sheep that feel like that they, by reason of building their faith up so strong, do not need the good shepherd's watch care. I want to be part of those that admit up front that that apart from Christ, I can do nothing. And apart from Christ, I am nothing. Praise God. But because of His commitment to me and His promise to be with me, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. You see, when a man says, Behold, I stand, the Scriptures are very clear. He's the one in trouble. He's the one that is in jeopardy. He's the next candidate for a great fall. Because when a man says, even though he's looking to faith that he's built up to some high level, but if you've got faith in your faith and your faith wavers or your faith fails, then where can you turn? Where can you look? But if you've got faith in his faithfulness, and that is the focus of all true biblical faith, praise God, then God will never, no never, emphatically fail you. Praise the Lord. I remember years ago I went through uh, nervous exhaustion and and, uh, I, I felt like I had failed God because I was in this predicament. I didn't, I, I didn't know how it happened. Because I was watching God move. I was watching God save the lost. I was watching God through our ministry lift people up that were cast down. I was watching God heal people that the doctors had given up on. And I watched God take drug addicts from their addiction and set them free. And I preached under a very strong anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, how can I find myself in this condition of burnout, this condition of nervous exhaustion. What an embarrassment to God I must be. What an embarrassment to myself I must be. Amazing thing was, I could still stand behind the pulpit. Sometimes I would have to grab hold of it to steady myself. And I would preach under a strong anointing, see God move in in behalf of others, and go home and fight this terrible feeling of of fear and and complete spiritual mental physical and emotional exhaustion and friend of mine i want you to know in that deep dark valley where i felt like that i had failed god and my faith uh had wavered uh, so much and that i was disqualified to even try to preach to others until i could get some kind of victory for myself Oh, but in that deep, dark place, that's where the good shepherd came for this man. That's where he came. That's why I I can I can look forward to what the Lord is going to do because of what he has done in my life. I didn't stand tall on a mountaintop this this through this crisis. I was in the deep, dark valley, but he came for me. 
He came for me. He came for me. He left the ninety and nine safe and secure, and He came for me. Hallelujah. And I discovered the strength of grace, the sufficiency of grace. I discovered and learned more about His unconditional love. Not a love that I could even merit through the using of my faith perfectly and properly on all occasions. But even when my faith wavered, even when I felt so defeated and in such despair, and was embarrassed by that feeling, because as a Christian I should never, ever feel that way with God's person and God's promises to claim. But friend of mine, I want you to know He did not abandon me. He came for me. He came for me. He came for me. If it can and does happen to human beings, even the disciples of the Lord, the words of verse 3 of Psalm 23 are among the most precious, most precious, and the most gracious because they speak to us of the one of the most gracious works of God. The shepherd in this statement The psalmist is saying that the shepherd brings the soul back again to a state of balance. Spiritual vitality is restored and one is able to walk in the way of righteousness. Praise God. Friend of mine, I want to say to you today, there's the tendency of the human nature is to stray. Therefore, the good shepherd's ministry of restoration is absolutely necessary. All of us have an innate tendency to go astray. We find it much easier to do those things that are wrong than things that are right. Were it not for the ministry of restoration in which the Lord comes again and again to restore us to the paths of righteousness, to lift us up when we are cast down, all of us would utterly go astray. You know, the Bible said in in Isaiah chapter 53, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Isaiah 53 and verse 6, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Hallelujah. But God hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That means you today. You today that have sinned against God and you have went your own way in a stubbornness and a rebellion that's innate to all our flesh and found yourself in that quagmire, in that prison house of habit, that prison house of sin. I want you to know the thief came to put you in that place, lead you to that place. But Jesus said, I have come. I have come to give you life. The thief came to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Good Shepherd's ministry of restoration is continuous. Over and over, He comes to guide us, direct us, and to help us. The Good Shepherd's ministry of restoration is gracious. He does it because of His love and grace, not because of something within us that merits His mercy of restoration. The Good Shepherd's ministry of restoration is full of purpose. He does it that he might, that we might walk in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Hallelujah. I felt like I was an embarrassment to Him when I failed 
in my faith walk with Him. Oh, but my faith was strengthened, not diminished, because I found out how faithful He was to me, even when I was cast down. I'm talking to somebody today that feels like God may have abandoned you. God may have turned His back on you. God will have nothing more to do with you. Amen. Because of some failure, some fault. And I want you to know that not only will God not abandon you, and Christ not reject you, He will leave the ninety and nine that are safe within the fold, and He will come for you today. There's no doubt about it. He's coming for you. Praise God. He's coming for you. And He loves you today. If you don't know Him as your Lord and personal Savior, He's coming for you today. Not because you belong to Him yet, but because you're the object of His love and He wants you to be one of His sheep today. One of His children today. Hallelujah. He wants you to be part of His royal family today. And He comes for you. He sends the Holy Spirit. I, I say this with deep reverence, but I call the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven because He comes. He comes. He comes seeking to save, knocking as it were uh, on the door of your heart, convicting us of sin and convincing us that Jesus wants to save us if we would just repent of our sin and come to Christ by faith. When the soul is sinful, the Good Shepherd comes and awakens within that soul an awareness of shame that there might be confession and cleansing so that the soul might be restored to God. When the soul is discouraged, the Good Shepherd comes to impart confidence and courage and help by giving to that individual an awareness of God's great love and His abiding presence. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it again. God has not abandoned you. God has not rejected you. Praise God. The devil wants you to give up on God and give up on yourself. But I declare by the authority of God's Word, God has not and will not give up on you. And if you will come home, if you're a prodigal, if you, like the prodigal son, if you will come back to your father's house, he said, return unto me in the Old Testament to his covenant people. Return unto me. And I will return unto you. Praise God. Friend of mine, that's exactly what repentance is. It's simply doing a 180 degree turn. It's, it doesn't begin by, by just becoming a perfectly, uh, uh, perfectly uh, committed like you were. It, it, that will come in time. It begins by simply coming back to God. God will strengthen you to make that deep, devoted commitment. And it will come because it's your love for Him will be stimulated to devotion by His grace 
and his love for you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to give you the kiss of acceptance and forgiveness. He wants to put the ring, the family signet ring, back on your finger. He wants to put a robe of righteousness back on you. And he wants to give you back your testimony. He wants to put shoes on your feet. And the shoes are are part of the spiritual armor. It's the preparation uh, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of peace to begin to tell others that they can be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. And demonstrate it by your own reconciliation to God. Today, I don't know you personally, but God does. In fact, He knows your name. He knows the number of the hair on your head, according to the Scriptures. And He knows where you've been. And He cares so deeply for you that He gave His Son on the cross to die in your place. And friend of mine, I want you to know today, His grace is reaching out. His grace is reaching out. He's coming for you today. For you today. So if you are one of His children and you have drifted or you have fallen, you become discouraged in yourself and discouraged in the Lord. I want you to take courage today because God loves you. He's coming for you. Hallelujah. Let Him put you back on your feet. Let Him restore your soul. And friend of mine, if you don't know Christ as your Savior today, He's coming for you right now. I'm convinced He's knocking on the door of your heart. Repent of your sin. Receive Christ as your Savior. And receive God's pardon and God's forgiveness. And become part of His flock today. And say with David of old, No matter what I face in life, No matter what life brings, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, we love you. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.